This is the No More Wasted Days podcast, and we're your hosts, Sarah Kaufman Bradstreet and Heather PG. Grab your favorite NA drink and listen as we share vulnerable stories so you never feel alone on your alcohol-free journey. And gain insights from us as we break down our most used tips and strategies that have kept us alcohol-free. It's time to break free from wasting any more of your days to the drinking blackout hangover cycle. Welcome to another episode of the No More Wasted Days podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Sarah. And I'm Heather. Welcome back, y'all. We are excited today to talk about one of my personal favorite topics, and I think Heather feels similar. So we're going to be talking all about mindset today, and a lot of people will ask me, how do you quit drinking? How do you do it? And the one thing that I can always think that I did differently this time is I started working on my mindset. All the other times before, I had looked at quitting drinking as this major punishment. And this time I finally decided I would look at it as something that was going to benefit my life, something that was going to help me, something that was a gift to myself. But I didn't believe it when I started and it took a lot of work. So today we're actually going to give you four different things you can do to start working on your mindset because I think it's such a vague thing to say, work on your mindset. It's kind of like, well, how do I do that? (laughs) So we're hoping we really give you some valuable tips and strategies that you can take away and start using right away today. And as we go through each one, Heather and I are actually going to say, this is how I do this one. And then she can say, well, this is how I do this one, because there is no right or wrong in any of these things. We're here to merely suggest these ideas and what works for you. Take it and run. So I want you to always think about this. Quitting drinking is a really internal goal. It's something that you have to do all on your own. Yes, you can get support from other people and they can help and a community is super important. But when it boils down to it, when you're making the choice not to drink, it's all you versus you. And it's drinking you versus alcohol for you. And one of the problems is that drinking you is really, really powerful in the beginning because it's the one that's been in the driver's seat and the brain wants to stay with what it knows, even if it knows it's uncomfortable, even if it knows it's unhealthy, that's where the brain wants to be. So that's where all of this comes down to play. This is what why all of this is so important. You're going to teach that alcohol-free brain to be the dominant brain and start saying, hey, I'm the one that's going to show up. I'm the one that's the boss now. Are you ready to dive into the topics, Heather? I'm ready. Let's go. All right. The first one is starting to practice daily gratitudes. This is one, whenever I say it, I feel like people probably roll their eyes because they're like, oh my God, just another person reminding me to be grateful. <laughs> And I hear you because I feel like when I used to listen to people and I would be like, what's the secret? What's the one thing? They would all say gratitudes. And I was like, oh, my gosh, again. And I honestly thought I was practicing gratefulness, daily gratitudes, but I wasn't doing it as something that was happening every single day. And I especially wasn't doing it as something that was happening every day because I was drinking. So it was hard for me to set up routines because my drinking routine is always what won. So one thing you need to start doing when you're doing daily gratitudes is you have to start being super specific. I want you to think about yourself as a little gratitude detective throughout your day. And all day long, you're going to walk around and you're going to be like, oh, that's something that's something to be grateful for. That's something I've got to remember. And you're going to hear how I practice my daily gratitudes and you're going to see why it's really important for me to remember them. But just be looking every single day. What are things that you can think, oh, that's something to be grateful for? 
that's something I can have as part of my daily gratitude practice. Don't just think things like, oh, I'm so grateful that the sun was out. Oh, I'm so grateful for my health. I'm so grateful for my kids. Those are really awesome things to be grateful for. But if you do those, you're going to run out of things. And then you're going to feel really defeated by this practice that's supposed to be helping you. So just be looking around and start using this as a way to really propel you forward. And the more you start looking, the more things start happening to you. So Heather, I would love to start with you and hear how you actually practice a daily gratitude practice. How do you make it something that happens every single day for you? Yeah, so it's part of my morning routine. I text a Daymakers member three things that I'm grateful for, something from the day before and typically related to present time. Then throughout the day, I try to be the gratitude detective where I look for things. I'm like, I'm really grateful for X, Y, and Z. It's all internal dialogue, but it definitely keeps you that positive mindset. Then in the evening, me and my daughter and my spouse will do what we're each grateful for, for that day. And sometimes if I'm in a pretty rotten mindset, it might be that we have warm water and a warm home. But those Mm -hmm. are really great. Or, you know, it can be anything. My daughter, she's three and a half. She'll be like, I'm grateful for everything. And (laughs) and I think that's really cool to incorporate it with your family if you live with other people. Because you can hear what they're grateful for. And it just kind of is a good, it's a good tone to end your day as well. So that's a little bit of my gratitude process. I do want to say when I was battling cancer that I used this tool paired with my alcohol-free gratitude. And it was really helpful because that is one area of life where you can really fall into like, well, I'm on chemotherapy. What do I have to be grateful for? Well, I'm grateful that I'm alive to do chemotherapy, right? So Mm -hmm. you can fragment it to like, to anything. It's your your tool. So Yeah. I love how you explained it too, because I think you gave three different ways that you practice daily gratitudes, but they're all really easy and specific ways that you can do it. I really need to get my family in on it. When we eat family dinner, I need to kind of be like, go around one thing you're grateful for. My kids are at that age where they'll roll their eyes, but (laughs) they're also at that age where they really need it. So The way I do my daily gratitudes is I write down five things every single morning that I'm grateful for from the day before. And that's where my really specific things come down to. And like Heather said, when I'm in a really crummy mood, that's when I do the really generic things. Like, and I'm just like, I'm not grateful for anything because it does happen. That's when I go. I'm grateful that I can buy groceries without worrying about it. I'm grateful that we have a stocked pantry. I'm grateful that I have a car that runs. That's when I go, nope, you have a lot to be grateful for. Don't fall into that. But it is kind of hard when you're starting out your day to go, what happened yesterday? What am I grateful for? And that's why I said, be a gratitude detective and really lock it in your brain when it happens. Because if you're anything like me, I don't know what happens in your 40s. Maybe it's part of hormones. (laughs) Maybe it's just part of being a really busy mom. But it's just kind of things escape your brain. And I'll sit down and I'll go, oh, I know I had something yesterday. What is it? And then it'll pop in and I'll go, oh, okay, there it is. Because sometimes it's a little harder to come up with things to be grateful for than you think it'll be. And I think that's what throws people for a loop. One thing I also did really early on in my journey is I would celebrate my alcohol-free wins in my gratitude journal. So I would write down, I've been alcohol-free for one day. I've been alcohol-free for seven days. I made it through my first weekend. I would put those things in there and it was really important to me because I wasn't telling a lot of people early on. I didn't know if I was quitting drinking forever. 
I didn't want people to know and then fail and then have to tell people. So I was very quiet about it. But my gratitude journal was a safe space and was a place where I could still celebrate. And the one thing that people always say when they start doing this is more good stuff keeps happening to me. More good things keep coming my way. And it is because you're in that abundant mindset. And all of a sudden, when you're in that abundant mindset, good things happen. It's just like when you start your day and you're in a crappy mood and it's like more crappy things keep happening. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. If you can start your day in a good mood, more good things will keep happening. And I catch myself sometimes in a crappy mood in the middle of the day and I'll be like, what's something you can be grateful for right now? And my internal me rolls my eyes at me. (laughs) And then I think of the thing to be grateful for and I'm like, Okay. Okay. And I also tell myself, this is probably teaching me something. I'm probably learning something from this, all those things. So that's our first tip. And I really think those daily gratitudes are the most important. Mm -hmm. They're simple and they keep you moving forward. So the second thing I do is daily mantras or affirmations. And you can call them whatever you want to. When I've looked it up, a mantra is actually something that is short and easy to repeat and it drowns out negativity in your brain. I would use these when I used to be a runner and when I was just like, oh my gosh, I think I'm gonna die. I would start repeating the mantra, strong mama. And it was just this easy thing to repeat in my brain and I could say it out loud if I needed to. And it would make me focus on something else. So it's an easy thing to repeat when you're having a craving. So I definitely urge you to have some things that are short that you can say when you're like, oh, I've got a craving, What, what can I do? For me, My affirmation when I started this journey was, I do not drink. As I've learned more about affirmations, I guess you're not supposed to put the word not or anything negative in it, but it worked for me. And the first day that I quit drinking, I sat down at my journal and I wrote down, I do not drink. And I thought, what a lie. This is not even true. And it also made me cry. It really overwhelmed me. It was just a lot because I had to rewire my whole subconscious because in my mind, I was a drinker. That's who I was. That's who I would always be. So to write down something as powerful as I don't drink, I was like, whoa, no way. So some ideas for this are I do not drink. I'm stronger than alcohol. Drinking dulls my senses and makes me boring. So I choose not to drink. Kind of think about your limiting beliefs when it comes to quitting drinking and think, what are the things that I tell myself of why I can't do this? Maybe it's, if I quit drinking, no one will like me. Well, then you need an affirmation that's totally the opposite about that, saying something like, when I'm drinking, it actually makes me slur and repeat myself over and over. So actually, when I'm alcohol-free, I'm more interesting. So right there is the the affirmation. When I'm alcohol-free, I'm more interesting. And that's what you start repeating. And that's what you start believing because all our thoughts are, are these truths that we've determined and they're not actually real truths. So if you thought to yourself, well, I'm just a drinker. No, you're not. That's just a thought that you have. And you can change that thought by doing daily affirmations. I actually have 10 mantras, so I'll link those below. 10 mantras or affirmations, whatever you want to call them. But I practice this in a way where I just write mine down each day. But I'll dive into that a little bit. I'm going to let Heather share how she does her affirmations. So this has been an evolving process like most things. I'll start in the morning after I do my gratitude with like three fairly simple I am statements in my head. And I've started when I'm brushing my teeth to look in the mirror and say some more to the mirror. 
it's hard. It feels weird, but I'm in there anyway, and nobody can hear me or see me, so why not? And then when I'm taking my daughter to school, I'm like, we're going to have a great day. And to me, that's an affirmation. And she'll be like, yeah, all the kids at my school are going to have a great day. And I'm like, yeah. And then I kind of do them through my my head. And I also have a deck of affirmation cards on my desk and I'll pick one every day. Sometimes I share it on Instagram just because they're they're thought provoking and perhaps a little more interesting than what I come up with on the daily. I used to have one that one, I don't think I've ever told anybody this except Martha. When I was going through cancer treatment, I had no hair, no eyebrows, no eyelashes, no fingernails. And I looked at her one day and I was like, you know what my affirmation is for today? She said, what? I said, I am beautiful and everybody around me knows it. And she was like, well, I love that. So my point is that you can not really believe it, but then you kind of start to the more that yeah. you do it. And you don't have to share it with anybody. It doesn't have to be as dramatic as I am beautiful and everybody around me knows it. You can and work your way up to it. Yeah. And I I think a lot of times people think of affirmations as the, I always say it's Stuart Smalley, and it's not. It's Jack Handy from Saturday Night Live. And he would do the, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and gosh darn it, people like me, which is actually a perfect affirmation. Yeah. (laughs) It just always makes me kind of laugh because I'm like, oh my gosh, I thought that was the funniest thing when I was a kid. But it's totally how I practice my affirmations. I write them down each day because I feel silly when I say them, but I still say them. So I write them down and then I make myself say them out loud like two or three times. They're kind of a whisper because it's early in the morning, but I recraft mine probably each year, maybe every six months if I can tell that my goals are really shifting. In the beginning, I was writing that I do not drink every single day. And at some point that became so true that I didn't need to write it down anymore. I was like, I got this one. I, I believe that I don't drink. That is so in my brain. It was so important to me, though, because it made it easy to turn down alcohol. When I would see alcohol in the store and think, oh, I'm going to put that in my cart. I'd be like, no, that's silly. You don't drink. Like it just became a belief that I truly believe. So now I actually start out each day. My first one is. I see kindness and patience as my truth. And that's just my very first one. And then I go down from there and I have all different ones that revolve around different things that I'm working on. There's one about I live in my self-built house because we're getting close. It's really going to happen. But for a while, I didn't believe it. (laughs) And So it's good to have that in there and just keep being like, I'm going to do this. This is really going to happen. Our land right now is kind of a dumpster fire just because we've been building on it and it is not beautiful. It's not what I want it to be. So one of mine is my land is a beautiful representation of Mother Earth. It's tarp free and it's trailer free because those are the things that I just hate looking at. (laughs) I'm always like, oh my gosh, just get all the tarps off my land. (laughs) But they serve a purpose and they're very needed. So, but it just makes me think it's going to happen. And the thing is too, I've actually started looking at my land since I've started doing that affirmation and going, my land is beautiful. My land is this amazing piece of mother earth that I get to be a part of. And I'm like, all right, it's starting to work. So really think about it. What are some goals you have for yourself? Make affirmations, write them down as if they've already happened and start saying them to yourself. Start writing them down. Find a way that it becomes a habit every single day. That's why I do mine first thing in the morning. I meditate, then it's gratitudes and affirmations. And I know they're like my do not pass go until you've done these things in your day. So that's affirmations. I really hope that helps. 
I know that one can sound a little kooky and out there for people, but man, it's huge. And you start doing you start doing things like Heather's doing with her daughter and you start becoming that person who is the beacon of positivity. Even when you're not always that person, it's within you. Yeah. All right. My third one is visualization. Heather, were you somebody who would do visualization before you quit drinking? No. The only thing, if I'm being honest, on the daily, I would just visualize getting off work and going to the alcohol store. Honestly. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's true. It's like the it's sad, one thing you had. Yeah. I'm like, I always think about it. I used to visualize a lot as a kid and it was daydreaming. And I would think about, oh, one day I'm going to get out of this small town, which is so funny because now I live in a small town again. But <laughs> I really wanted to leave that small town in Kansas. And then it was like, okay, I would daydream. I would feel like I was really in it. I would immerse myself in it. And when I quit drinking, that's something that I brought back into my life because there are so many times where you start future tripping and you start thinking, what's it going to be like when I'm 70 and I'm not drinking? What's it going to be like when I retire and I'm not drinking? I'm going to wake up in the morning and I'm just going to drink coffee because as lame as it sounds, I used to visualize waking up in the morning when I was retired and having a mimosa if I wanted to on a Tuesday because that sounded awesome to me as a drinker. So I had to restart visualizing those things like, okay, I'm retired and instead I'm going to wake up and have the most delicious coffee and I'm going to have time so I can do it with, you know, the drip coffee or the press coffee. I can do it one of the fancy ways and I can eat delicious pastries with it. So I had to start changing those things. But visualization is always also so helpful in the short term. It can help you visualize things like getting through your first weekend. It can help you in the morning visualize yourself being successful at 4 p.m. So in the morning, you can go, okay, I'm going to visualize my afternoon. I'm going to think about it really specifically. I'm going to think about myself getting home. Where am I going to set down all my stuff when I get home? Where am I going to hang my keys? What's the first thing I'm going to do when I get home? Am I going to change into my more comfortable clothes? Am I going to take the dog on a walk? Am I going to listen to a podcast? What podcast can I listen to? The more specific you can be in these visualization exercises, the better, because your brain thinks it's really happening when you're thinking about it. Your brain is sitting there going, oh, I've already done this. So all of a sudden 4 p.m. rolls around and it goes, yeah, I'm not going to drink because I already did this one time. So it's really easy and I know exactly what to do. So you're going to just get super detailed whenever you're worried about something that's coming up and just think instead of getting worried about it, I'm going to visualize it going perfectly. And this translates into so many areas of your life. When I'm really stressed about something, I'm like, why don't I just visualize it? Not worry about it. Visualize it going perfectly. And then my brain goes, oh yeah, this is going to be a breeze. We've totally got this. Heather, how did you first visualize in your alcohol-free journey? Or even how do you do it now or both? Yeah, in the beginning, I would just sometimes take, I mean, I had to do like one minute at a time, 15 minutes at a time when I first quit drinking. And then this was key, like on the daily, like you were saying, like 4 p.m., I visualized myself coming home, not stopping at the store, so on and so forth. And then for social events, this is really key. Like I would see the non-alcoholic beverages in the cooler and leaving, see myself leaving alcohol-free, getting home safely, you know, the, play the tape, as they say, all the way through. That was really, really helpful. And I think it's, it's just great to see yourself 
succeed your future self without future tripping. You're like, yeah, I'm going to go to this party and then I'm going to drive home. I'm going to get in my cozy pajamas and do X, Y, and Z. And then I'm going to feel great in the morning. Like you said, your brain likes to know what to expect. So it feels like it's already done it. Yeah. Some of the things I do with my clients actually did this this morning as we kind of walk through the visualization together. And then I email the plan of how it's going to happen. Oh, I love that. The moving parts of like, make sure you have this, this, and this to pair with this, you know, just as an added tool in the toolkit with the visualization. So that's kind of how I do it now. And like you said earlier, Sarah, it can be in any aspect of your life. But if you're new to your alcohol-free journey, you can just, just for today, visualize yourself not drinking. Visualize yourself going to bed sober, reading a good book, watching something on Netflix that you'll remember. Mm -hmm. And really visualizing, like, why is it going to be so good? Mm -hmm. Why is it going to feel so great to be sober at 8 p.m.? And for me, it really was because I could sit and actually watch TV because I started seeing that I was more patient with my kids and I liked myself more as a mom. So I could start visualizing myself that way because I was all I wanted to do was get my kids to bed. So I could drink. That was priority number one. So I would rush them through their whole nighttime routine and they would, you know, they were little then and they would, oh, can we have another song? Oh my gosh, fine. <laughs> and now I'm just like, oh man, the things I, the things I passed up on were the most important things. And I couldn't see it because my drinking brain was so taken over and focused on what it wanted. And this way you start focusing on what your alcohol-free brain really wants. And if you do it in the morning, I feel like that's when your brain is the most ready to be like, today I'm going to succeed. Like right now I'm just working on getting healthier. Eating is more of a priority. So I sit and I visualize what's it going to look like at lunchtime? What am I going to say when Ryan says, want to have a cookie after lunch? <laughs> like I have to visualize myself actually saying, no, not today. That's not going to work for me today. Maybe tomorrow, like coming up with a way to just craft it and say, oh, I was successful. How did I feel after I did it? How did I feel in the evening when I drank all of my water because that's another one that's so hard for me, but I know I feel so good when I actually am hydrated. So use it in all areas, but definitely if you are brand new to your alcohol-free journey, which I know a lot of you are since a lot of us just started dry January, use this tool. Picture yourself every day having an alcohol-free day. Picture yourself having an alcohol-free weekend. Picture yourself having an alcohol-free outing with friends. Whatever you're worried about, stop worrying and just picture yourself being successful. I really hope you use this one because it is just something that is beyond powerful and it doesn't take a lot of time. You don't have to sit there. And if you're having problems visualizing, write it down. Then just sit really quick and go, okay, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And I love what Heather said too, like then connect those pieces and say, well, what would the tools be? So. I hope that one's super helpful for all of you. Well, the very last one we're going to talk about is rituals and habits. And I came up with this one because I used to be a runner and I would run long distance races. I was really into my half marathons and I would come up with rituals with my running, things that I would do the night before long runs. And they had to go perfect. Like <laughs> It was kind of a maybe a superstition thing, but it was more just like this is what I do. This is how I need to be prepared. I need to have all of my stuff laid out, need all my one bottle with Gatorade, one bottle with just water, my three gels, my two chews, and my dog's treats and her food that she could have at a break. It was just all kind of laid out. And it was, yes, to prepare me, 
but it was also a ritual to get ready for the run and to know it was coming. And then on race day, I was like, this is easy. I've done this so many times. It's not a big deal. But what you're going to find is when you first quit drinking, you're going to find out that drinking was a huge habit in your life, which you probably already know, but it's way bigger than you thought it was. That's at least how I was. Is that how you were, Heather? Oh, yeah. I used to think I was functioning because I was drinking while doing things. But it's only until you quit for a good chunk of time that you're like, well, this consumed every ritual, basically. And if, yeah. if I wasn't actively doing it, I was thinking about doing it. So it's kind of the same. And that's what blew my mind. Like you said, well, I was drinking while I was doing things. I was not successful at doing that. I thought I was. I was like, I'm still doing it. I'm still doing things when I'm hungover. Well, it's so much easier when you're not <laughs> hungover. <laughs> Your drinking brain works so hard to convince you like, this is totally cool what you're doing. This is fine. And it's just insane. So all of a sudden you quit. And you're like, oh, my God, it turns out every aspect of my life revolves around drinking. The constant thinking of it is what got me. I would wake up in the morning thinking about it. And I did not realize that when I was a drinker because it was so routine. So all of a sudden I had to be like, all right, I got to I got to work with some of these rituals. Now, this may seem contrary to what some people believe. But one of my thoughts that I had, one of the things I did early on in my journey was I kept some rituals in place, but I just changed the drink. So every night when I got home from work, I wanted a drink. That The habit was drink wine, drink beer. I just switched it for kombucha. I got excited about something else. And I was like, all right, I'll have a kombucha when I get home. And it was something that was exciting enough to me that I looked forward to it. And I knew I was like, you should only have one kombucha a day because they're a gut cleanser. So you don't want a lot of them. <laughs> I was like, you can only have one. You're going to have it at this very special time. It's kind of an expensive drink. It's going to be so cool. So find a drink that fires you up that has no alcohol in it. And disclaimer, kombucha does have a very small amount of alcohol. There are brands now that are totally removing the alcohol. So if you're listening, going, kombucha has a little bit. I, I get it. You would actually have to drink like 10 kombuchas to equal a Coors Light. And then you would find yourself in the bathroom for quite a while. So you wouldn't be too happy about that. But I just, just, just a disclaimer there, if you're kind of going, hmm, I've heard kombucha has alcohol. Not very much, everybody. But if you're making that choice, make sure you're finding the ones that have totally alcohol removed, because some people that's really important to them. Mm-hmm. But this gave my brain something to look forward to, but I wasn't switching up everything. And there are times when it's important to switch up things in your day. But there are some ways that your brain can be like, OK, well, this isn't so bad. I'm not having to give up everything. And it just helped my brain rework the rituals a little bit and start recrafting them. And some of those rituals now are totally gone. I don't think about having a kombucha now at 4 p.m. I don't get those cravings, but my brain needed that time to get through that in the beginning. What habits and rituals did you kind of notice when you were there? Yeah, this is interesting. So I had an 11-month-old and I worked from home. And I'll hear people, and this might be a little controversial, say, I think it's an excuse. That's just me personally. When they're like, well, I can't change it up. Listen, if you have an 11-month-old and you work from home, you can. And yeah, I don't like to say if I can, you can, because I think it minimizes the individual experience. And I think sometimes it's true. Mm -hmm. I sat on a different side of the living room. I changed the way I ended my work day, the way I closed my office up to have that break from work to 
you know, family time, so to speak. Yeah. I worked with my therapist on that, on how to break that day up, if you know what I mean, like Mm -hmm. in the work day and then go downstairs and start into dinner. And then in the evening, I would often go to bed when my little one went to bed or I would hang out upstairs and watch something on TV. That's when I really got into my skincare routine. I was on a completely different floor of the house. I was never in my bathroom at 7.30 p.m. because guess what? There was no booze in there. But I lived in a 1,000 square foot home. So when I say it's possible, it is possible. You can change. It really is. Or you can read that if your house is like a 600 square foot studio, to redecorate it. Yeah. You know, there are ways to be able to change that habit and that ritual, even if you live in a tiny space. So you kind of went the opposite of me and went, we're not keeping any of these things the same. We're going to switch it up. Mm -hmm. And I love to hear that because that's why I always say what I say is sometimes people go, "Mm, that's not how you're supposed to do it. There is no, that's not how you're supposed to do it, or that's how you're supposed to do it. Right. It is, listen to Heather, listen to me, listen to a ton of people and go, I'm going to try that one. That sounds like the thing that'll work for me. You know yourself the best. Yeah. And when I hear people say they changed their route home from work, which I did do when I had to go into the office, I looked at it as an opportunity to see a different part of the city. Yeah. And... I took that when I had a really shitty day, and boy, did I have a lot. I'm human, right? I would call a sober friend, and I would say her name and be like, hey, we're going to talk on the phone for 15 minutes so I can get from point A to point B without stopping. And, I mean, it it worked. So if you don't have any sober friends, come join us in the Daymakers and make you a friend that's on your vibe. And then, make you know, you'll have somebody to call or text for accountability. It works. For sure. And just, and even to just kind of go, okay, I'm, I can feel the craving bubbling. You can get in the community and say, all right, everybody, I feel it coming. What should I do? And I feel like no matter what time of day it is, there's enough of us that somebody pipes in and goes, try this, do this. And it's enough to go, okay, I made it through that craving. Yeah. And then one thing to think about is like the whole changing your route home. And there are habits that you just have to change. There are things in your drinking life that aren't going to come over to your sober life. And I always hate to say that because I hate to tell people, no, you're just not going to go to the bar every day anymore. You just can't. (laughs) Like early on, that's just not going to work. And when people do tell me like, oh, I'm still going to try to meet my buddies at the bar. I'm like, that's not going to work. I went to a bar for the the, like third time in my alcohol-free journey not too long ago. The third time. I've been doing this now for five years. And I feel like two of the... One of the times was more of a, we're going to a restaurant. All of the times were not about revolving around alcohol. Mm -hmm. And there was just, otherwise there was no reason. And I was a person who loves breweries. I kind of want to go to breweries still, but I just always go, no, that's not for me. So you do need to really look at your habits and go, which ones do I really need to just go? I'm not going to do this one. It's possible to distance yourself from your drinking buddies in the beginning and just say, I'm not going to do that. One thing that Heather wrote down in the notes is throw away your quote unquote cup. Yeah. The cup that was your special drinking cup. If you had one, get rid of it. Yeah. You don't need it anymore. Um, And if you decide you need it, all of a sudden you can go buy another one. Yeah. I had a raggedy Halloween cup. And I remember to this day, to this moment, throwing it away. Just throw the damn thing in the trash. Recycle it, whatever the case may be. 
donate your glasses to Goodwill. Just get them out of there. If it, Some people, I think, have a stronger memory association than others, and I most certainly do. So, yeah, yeah get rid of your cup and think about your good Tom Charlies that you go to the bar with. Are they really your friend? And if yeah. they are, you can take a little bit of a distance. And if they're still your friend, they'll be your friend when you, when you have some days exactly. under your belt. And that is really hard when you start saying like, well, that's all I do. That's who I hang out with. Well, you can find other people and you can find new hobbies, which was the last thing I was going to talk about with habits. You need to start creating new habits, new rituals in your life and start thinking, what can I do now? I'm going to have this time where I used to be drinking. That was my normal habit. What are some things I can do now that are more exciting? For me, I started focusing more on my workouts. I already did that, but I was like, I'm going to get super into this. And I did. And it was super fun. And I really liked it. So if you're a person that you're like, yeah, that sounds great. I started meditation. I started journaling more consistently. I started reading again. That one was huge. Reading fiction books before I went to bed because I wasn't drunk. I used to read all the time. My parents just instilled that habit in me, like before you go to bed, read. So it was just something I was used to doing. And when I became a drinker, that went away. I told myself, oh, it's because I have kids. It's just because I'm so busy. No, it was because I was drunk and it's really hard to drink when the words, like it's really hard to read when the words are moving around yeah. on the page because I had tried it. <laughs> I love reading now. And then some of Heather's things, share some of the things you started doing after you quit drinking. Yeah. So reading, I remember I was new to my alcohol-free journey and you're like, think about something you did as a kid. I started drinking when I was a teenager, so I had to go back and reading was one of them. And I really got like into skincare. And even when I was on chemo, I took a skincare and makeup class and just really learned about new stuff. And on one of our Daymakers calls, I think I was leading it. We were talking about the things that you used to think about while you were drinking that you were going to do, like the funny t-shirt Oh my business. gosh, yes. Think about those things and actually execute it. That's how my podcast, not this one, but my other one that I've done for over a year was actually born from that call. So one of the members was like, you should do it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to. And I did. Yeah. And I mean, can you imagine what a dumpster fire that would be if I was still a drinker? You just wouldn't be consistent. Mm -hmm. That was my thing. I was always trying to work an online business when I was a drinker. And I was consistent to a point. But on the weekends, I'd fall off the face of the earth, yeah. which is like if you run a business and social media is your big storefront for people to find you, a lot of people are on social media on the weekends. So it's a yeah. good place to show up. But I would just be like, Oh, nope. Nobody needs to see me now. And I would do the excuses like, well, I need time away from my phone. I wasn't off my phone. I was drinking and on my phone. <laughs> and it's just, I feel like I finally was like, all right, now's the time to get consistent with the things I keep saying I was going to do and make them happen. And I feel like it's just endless possibilities. And yeah, Google. Like, I love the idea. Yeah, I know. I still listen to some and I go, oh my gosh, that's such a good one. I got to write that down or and I mean, yeah, start a podcast. There's nothing saying you can't just go start one and just right. have fun with it. Go make TikToks. I love making TikToks in case people couldn't tell. <laughs> yeah. And if that's not your jam, be like, I'm going to write a book. Who cares if it's never going to get published? If you've always had this little, like, I want to write stories, then write them. Mm -hmm. Do it. Do Use it. this time to do it. Yeah. So definitely. I hope all this was super helpful to all of you. 
And I hope you're like, all right, I'm going to get into this. Just a quick review of the four methods we shared is the first one is to start practicing daily gratitudes. The next one is working on affirmations or mantras. Next one is visualization practice. And then the very last one we talked about was looking at those rituals and hobbies and rituals and habits and figuring out which rituals and habits you're going to keep and which ones have to go and how are you going to replace them. And remember, you don't have to do all this at once. Don't be like, okay, I quit drinking on January 1st. Now it's the second week of January. I am into this. I'm going to do all these things. Pick the one that sounds the coolest to you right now Mm -hmm. and focus on that. And then come back to this podcast in a month and pick out another one. So we really hope you guys enjoy this episode. If you did, be sure to tell us in the reviews. Give us a five-star review and actually write a review. They are so fun for us to read. When I see one pop up, I get pretty excited. There's an audible cheer that comes out of me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They make us happy. And if you want to join the Daymakers or talk with me about one-on-one coaching, check out the link in the show notes. Yeah. All right, guys, we hope you join us for the next podcast. And thank you so much for being on this one. Thank you.